This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where the governor is pondering the president's latest pronouncement that he wants Americans back to work by Easter. Ron DeSantis is doubling down on his refusal to order any sort of statewide lockup. He says people in New York and California have already demonstrated it doesn't work very well. In fact, the National Guard is now greeting people who arrive in Florida after taking flights from the New York City area to inform them they have to self-isolate for at least 14 days after they arrive. State officials are also worried about a cruise ship called Zandam. The Holland America liner has 42 infected people on board, and they want to dock next week in Broward County, the epicenter of Florida's coronavirus epidemic. On today's Sunrise interview, we talk with Florida Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed, who says they're starting to get calls about coronavirus scams. She has some hints to protect yourself from fraudsters. Freed is also the first official in Florida to call for a statewide lockdown, so we'll get her reaction to the governor's rejection of that advice. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and check in with two Florida women who prove you don't need to be a man to earn the title of Florida man. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Wednesday, March 25th. Donald Trump shocked public health officials Tuesday by saying he wants Americans back at work by Easter. Governor Ron DeSantis won't say whether he agrees with that timetable. He's waiting to hear more details from the White House. We're going to uh, really work with the president and see what his team puts together. You know, my view on just looking at this, it's like it seems like, you know, you have some people that say, oh, this this virus has much to do about nothing. Don't even do anything. And I was never in that camp because I said back in January it was a serious public health threat. Then you have some other people say we can't do anything. We've just got to lock down and just, you know, maybe nine months or whatever. And I think both of those are, are false choices. I mean, clearly we've got to do something about the virus and there's no way a nine month shutdown would possibly be sustainable. So I think the, the question is going to be, let's uh, work to blunt the force of the virus. Let's protect those folks who could be most uh, in jeopardy of really negative health impacts. Uh, but let's also get society functioning so that the overall public health is better. Because when people are employed and they're able to put food on the table for their family, that's better. I really worry about suicide, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, uh, domestic abuse, child abuse, if this is allowed to go for months and months on end with nothing. So I think you can do this in a way um, that is going to really continue to let us make progress on the virus, uh, but will also allow the society uh, to function again. DeSantis is defending his decision not to impose a statewide lockdown to try to stop the spread of coronavirus. Governors in several states have issued restrictions, but DeSantis says that's not going to happen in Florida. Some people have said, Well, you know, we just see New York, they've issued uh, a shelter in place for the entire state. You know, shouldn't Florida do that? Um, And I think given our circumstances, that that would not be advisable. Um, It would be a very blunt instrument. Uh, When you're ordering people to shelter in place, you are consigning a number, probably hundreds of thousands of Floridians to lose their jobs. Um, You're throwing their lives into a potential disarray. And if that were something that were necessary statewide because the health comes first, you know, that would be one thing. But if you look at Florida's situation right now, this is not a virus that's impacting every corner of the state. We have 20 counties that have zero cases at all. And we have about 25 counties that really have only a few cases. Some have two, some have five, some have seven. Uh, You do have an outbreak in Miami-Dade and Broward counties, uh, but those are different from places like Northwest Florida. And so if you're looking at that, 
somebody who is has a job in a place where there's no positive test anywhere in the county, uh, the chance of transmission is probably very, very small there, much different calculation than if you're in Miami or Broward. So uh, I think it would be inadvisable to consign that person to real hardship if we honestly don't believe that it would advance the public health. If those words were supposed to silence his critics, it didn't work. After DeSantis issued the statement, Senate Democrats doubled down on their call for the governor to close non-essential businesses and issue a stay-home order to protect the people of Florida. Senators Victor Torres of Orlando, Lori Berman of Delray Beach, Janet Cruz of Tampa, Javier Jose Rodriguez of Miami, and Annette Tadeo of Miami-Dade all issued separate statements endorsing the suggestion first made by Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed last week that the governor issue a statewide stay-at-home order for all but essential workers. But DeSantis says the CDC is not recommending that, and he doesn't think people will obey the order if he does. Remember, the CDC has not said do a statewide lockdown. And um, and I also look at some of these other states that have done it, and I see massive noncompliance, and I'm not even sure how effective it is. I mean, if you're doing a big block party in California during a lockdown, wouldn't it be better to just go to work? I mean, you're probably going to transmit the virus less in the office than you are with a bunch of drunk idiots on, in, a, in, a, in a block party everyone having a good time. So I just think you got to think these things through. But we've been willing to work with any of the local communities. But I think it's been a surgical approach. It's been an approach that's been in consultation with these folks um, because, you know, they understand what's going on in their communities. And um, and I think we can tailor it accordingly. But I definitely think some of the measures that have been done, even the statewide, when have they ever been done in Florida before? I mean, this is really something that we haven't seen in a long time. And um, and some people think that the governor should just be a dictator and just just order everyone in prison in their homes. And I don't think that would be an effective approach, but it's certainly not warranted in certain parts of the state. So everyone's doing their part. And I think that's that that's going to be the better approach. He may not want to slap any additional restrictions on Floridians, but the governor is taking aim at New Yorkers flying into Florida. He's ordering them to self-quarantine for 14 days after they arrive in the Sunshine State and says violators could face criminal charges. There's over 190 direct flights from the New York City area to the state of Florida. And I would reckon, given the outbreak there, that every single flight uh, has somebody on it who is positive for COVID-19. And so as we're working to stop it in the state of Florida, you're consistently having people come in from one of the top hot spots in the entire world. You know, we don't have people coming from Wuhan. We don't have people coming from Milan. But yet you have a flood of people still coming from New York City. And so these have been, in the last several days, hundreds of flights uh, coming. And so here's what I propose to do about that. Um, I think if somebody, if, and I've talked to the president about it, uh, if the federal government's not going to do any restrictions um, on the domestic flights, uh, what we're going to do in the state of Florida, and I'll be issuing an executive order, is uh, anybody traveling uh, from those regions in New York or New Jersey to the state of Florida is going to have to do a mandatory 14-day self-isolation. Uh, that's the only way we can be sure uh, that that virus is not going to be reintroduced in the state of Florida and then spread. You have so many people working so hard. Many people have sacrificed uh, to try to protect our friends and neighbors. Um, and I just think it would be unacceptable to continue to allow it just simply coming in for people who are fleeing a shelter-in-place order in those states. Um, and hopefully that will be a deterrent for people if you're just simply trying to escape here uh, to avoid the restrictions that have been put in place in your own state. That is probably not a good idea. 
So how exactly does the state enforce that quarantine order on New York passengers? The governor says it starts when the plane lands. We will likely have local law enforcement or state law enforcement, and then we'll have someone from the Department of Health. And so basically they'll have to meet on the flight. There'll be some information taken, and I think they're going to do temperature checks, and they're going to be told uh, you you need to self-quarantine. If they say that they are um, going to go stay with family, you know, understand that is not self-quarantining because the number one way this is trans- transmitted is close contact, almost all, you know, very, very frequently family members. Um, and so, you know, it's a big problem and it's just something that we have to just now it's interesting. There were they had slowed the flights down. If you go back a week ago, I think there were like 20 some flights. I was still talking about that because I thought that could be a problem. But as soon as that shelter in place order came down from the New York governor, man, the flights took off. People just got the heck out of Dodge. And so we're ending up having to to deal with this. The number one, the first part of our strategy to deal with this was to stop the introduction. Well, guess what? Um, it is being introduced. And, um, you know, we wish our folks and friends in New York well. They've got a tough fight. Um, I think a lot of the folks there from the governor and everyone have working really hard, and I commend them for their efforts. But we also have to protect the folks here in the state of Florida. Alarmed by news that a Holland America cruise ship with 42 sick crew members and passengers on board is headed for South Florida and may dock at Port Everglades, State Representative Chip LaMarca of Lighthouse Point is urging Port Everglades, the Broward County Commission, the Broward Sheriff's Office, the Coast Guard, U.S. Customs and Border Protection, the Centers for Disease Control, and the Florida Department of Health to prevent that ship from docking in Broward County. Governor DeSantis says they're aware of the situation and are trying to figure out the best approach. Well, so if they're sick people, uh, we, we obviously, anybody that's infected, you know, it's not going to be appropriate to release them. As you know, we don't run the ports. That's a local thing. Our guidance has been you can't release a cruise ship um, if somebody is tested positive for COVID-19. Somebody simply has flu-like symptoms. You know, you're going to need to keep them on the ship until we can determine whether you have it or not. And I think that that's the only uh, reasonable thing to do. Representative Lamarca says, and I quote, We cannot allow this ship to dock in a county that continues to be one of the top communities for COVID-19 cases. Applying for unemployment in the Sunshine State just got a bit easier if you can get through. The Florida Department of Economic Opportunity just published an order waiving some requirements for reemployment assistance. Applicants no longer need to register online or show that they are actively searching for work since they really can't work anyway. The regulations are relaxed until May 2nd. We'll have more on the unemployment situation tomorrow when Senator Jose Javier Rodriguez joins us on the podcast. He's the one who asked the governor to make those changes last week. Next up on the Sunrise Interview, a conversation with Nikki Freed, Florida's Commissioner of Agriculture and Consumer Services. She has a warning for you about coronavirus scams, and we'll get her reaction to the governor's refusal to impose a statewide lockdown. This is Sunrise from Florida Politics. We all know that guy who says he knew Trump was going to win long before election night. Had he known about Predict It, he could have put his money where his mouth was and made a little extra cash in the process. Predicted is like the stock market for politics. You can buy and sell shares in future events and elections, both foreign and domestic. During the 2018 midterms, Predicted beat other national pollsters like Nate Silver in election night predictions, and it wasn't even close. It's easy and only costs a few bucks to get started. Our listeners can get a special introductory offer by visiting predictit.org slash promo slash F-L-A-P-O-L. Welcome back to Sunrise. Our guest today is Commissioner Nikki Freed with the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. The consumer services there is what we're talking about today. They 
track scams. And you know, one of the characteristics of crises that we're going through right now is that when there are tragedies, when there are national disasters, there's always someone trying to make a buck off of it. Welcome to the show, Commissioner. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. So what kind of problems are you seeing out there? What kind of complaints are coming into the state? You know, you know. first of all, you know, so, so everybody knows that basically the Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services is a clearinghouse for, for all types of con- complaints. So throughout the year, uh, we take about 400,000 different complaints. We are helped to, to do mitigation with consumers and with owners. Um, but unfortunately, we're also seeing the rise of scams since the, the coronavirus started spreading. You know, since February, we've, we've received over 41 complaints regarding uh, coronavirus, a lot due to travel and lodging cancellations, you know, people trying to tr- cancel their hotels or, or airfare uh, and having some difficulties and even some Airbnbs. Uh, so we've been working on, on those types of aspects. Uh, we also work with the, with FTC on many issues, as, as well as the Attorney General on a lot of, of the price gouging. You know, so we've seen a lot of the price gouging as well, and so we take those all in as a clearinghouse, uh, and then we give some of those over to the attorney general if it has to deal with uh, the actual uh, price gouging. But some of the things that we've also seen uh, that just, it's just mind-boggling that, that people would be taking advantage of people like this. You know, some it is undelivered goods. You know, there was such a the frenzy for toilet paper, uh, as well as obviously cleaning supplies and hand sanitizers. So we've seen a lot of online sellers claiming that they have these in-demand uh, products. Uh, but once you place the order, you never get it. Um, so we have been very vigilant about those things, as well as door-to-door sales. Uh, as more and more people are staying home, uh, you're getting a lot of more people coming to people's homes trying to sell them a product, like claiming that they're, you know, companies like DirecTV or Comcast, and they come to your, deal, to your house to offer deals. Um, but, you know, they'll want some upfront money to, to put your deals through, and obviously... Uh, that is not what's happening from Comcast and DirecTV, so please be vigilant of, of those types of things. Um, and, and also you're going to see a lot of, of this, you know, because everybody's working from home, you'll see a lot of new ads appearing on the, the websites that you typically go to um, and are offering all types of help for startup businesses and online businesses. Uh, they're asking for, for a lot of money up front uh, for training and exclusive you know, courses, and then at the end of the day there's no even job that, that that's available. Um, and the other thing that we're seeing a lot of, too, is people, you know, claiming that they're going to help you get your, you know, some of the government money that, that we see coming from a lot, a lot of the, the national, uh, federal, uh, different disaster packages and relief packages, claiming that they're going to, you know, if you give a small deposit up front, they'll be able to help you get your checks faster. And, of course, um, that's a scan. And so we, we want to really just make sure people understand what's happening out there, that if, it, if the deal it looks too good to be true, uh, what do they say it, it typically is? Uh, and so to be really be mindful of, you know, the people that are trying to take advantage of us uh, during this crisis. So what should the individual consumers do? What's the best way to protect yourself? Because people are desperate out there, especially, well, if you're looking for uh, hand sanitizer and toilet paper these days. Yeah. You know, some of the things that we, we tell people, and you should be doing this throughout the year, but, but obviously have, have your spider sense, spidey senses up a little bit more than normal. Um, you know, check online. You know, if somebody's selling you something, you know, it's, it's very easy to go online and, and, and type in the company's name, their phone number, their ask for email addresses. Uh, and just kind of do some you know, due diligence on your own, research that company. Uh, and you should never give anybody money. You know, that, that's first off, you know, rules of not just over coronavirus, but throughout the, you know, for, you know, forever. You know, don't give somebody money over the phone unless, unless you completely have validated them. Um, ask them lots of questions. 
um, you know, delay, you know, if there's ever any questions, you know, don't do it or ask if they can delay a purchase and, and, and ask just a lot of questions. Be very vigilant. Uh, the other thing that we always tell people, and this is the same thing at, at the, the gas stations when I talk about skimmers, is don't ever pay with a, a debit card. Pay with your credit card. Every one of our credit cards uh, companies have a fraud detection already on there. Um, so if you happen to have used your credit card and there's a fraud, uh, you can alert your credit card company and stop payment. Whereas on a debit card, once the money is out of your account, it, it's gone. And, and never share information um, you know, on you know, over the phone. You know, people are searching for stuff. You just don't ever share it, any of your information unless you have actually validated that they are legit people. I mean, we're hearing lots of. Even my grandmother called me a couple of weeks ago saying that she received a phone call um, from somebody claiming to be her granddaughter, uh, and uh, you know, saying that you know they that they need that I needed money, and so my grandmother, uh, you know, smart enough to drill them and, and ask them about kind of you know, so how was your day today, and and tried asking them lots of questions that they had no answers to. Um, but, you know, this is happening, and especially in our senior population. You know, they, they, they are staying at home. They're hunkering down. Um, they're not as, you know, out there and talking to their typical community members. So it's important that we're taking care of not just, you know, if you're listening, you're talking care of yourself, but also checking in with your parents and grandparents, making sure that they're aware of all the additional scams that are happening out there. Commissioner, you were also one of the first to recommend the governor impose a, a statewide lockdown to try to limit the spread of coronavirus. And now for two days in a row, the governor said, no, that's not going to happen. He doesn't think it's practical to do it statewide. He wants it to be targeted. What's your reaction to that? You know, I still stand firm behind, you know, my recommendation. Look, I hope I'm wrong. You know, at the end of the day, I, I hope that, 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 that we are all wrong. And, but, but in the chance that I'm not wrong, lives are at risk and you know, like i just mentioned my my 90 year old grandmother my, my grandmother my mother who went through chemo treatments you know we have a very um you know an older population here in the state of florida and these lives matter and we need to take every precaution necessary and the piecemealing approach is confusing you know when i get phone calls from you know local elected officials saying i don't understand does that mean this or does that mean that and when we're piecemealing this we can't stop the virus, and we can't, you know, get this under under control. And the and the predictions are that we're going to need, you know, we're going to send over 200,000 people to the hospitals. Yet we only have 33,000 beds. You know, so the drain that this is going to have on, on our healthcare system. And, and look, I, I talk to local and small businesses all day long, and and I know that they're they're scared and they're nervous and you know are not wanting to lay off their employees and. And I understand, and I'm with him 110%, but this is going to continue lasting you know, longer, especially our small mom-and-pop restaurants and, and other stores that are providing you know, services to, you know, to all, so many of our residents across the state um, that are seeing the hit already in their businesses. And I'm saying, look, we're, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this together. Um, I still firmly believe that we need to um, some form of, of you know, stay-at-home order uh, you know, obviously, I'm not telling people that, you know, to be arrested if they leave the house, but, but certainly um, closing down non-essential businesses, stay at home. Uh, even the U.S. Attorney, uh, the U.S. Surgeon General said that this week, that this is going to be, this week and next, we're going to be two of the hardest uh, hit weeks for the United States. And it's really important that, that they're staying at home. You know, the, the hand sanitizers and the social distancing is only good for a certain, you know, for a certain period of time. But at the end of the day, we need to take these bold, drastic measures if we're going to, you know, flatten the curve, if we're going to try to jumpstart our economy. Even the president said he'd like to jumpstart it by Easter. Only way to do that is to shut down right now, get this under control, give some reprieve to, to our hospitals and our medical providers that are front lines, uh, you know, and out there. 
Um, so I still firmly believe that that is the right call. And look, at the end of the day, I hope I'm wrong. Um, but if I'm not, uh, we have a lot of people whose lives are at risk, um, and we can never go back and save them. The president also said he thinks Americans should be back to work by Easter. Do you think that's a realistic timetable? You know, I, you know, I think the only realistic, the only way that that is ever close to being realistic is that we shut everything down now. Um, that we are able to actually contain the virus, stop the spread of this. We don't have the vaccines yet. Uh, I even heard yesterday that some of the recommendations that the president was putting out of, for people to take to try to, you know, for is one of the doses of measles, um, and, and people that tried that um, got sicker, or, or, or there was one individual I think I believe died. Um, and I'm not trying to put fear on anybody. I, I, we, we, are, we as Americans are strong. We're resilient. Um, we, we, you know, are able to, to quickly pivot to other, you know, industries and pivot and, and entrepreneurs that are getting creative out there of different types of ways to transform their businesses. Um, but the only way that we're going to be able to, to truly try to get to, the president said, by, by Easter in that time period is if we all lock down. We get this under control. Uh, and then we can absolutely jumpstart our economy again. You know, we were looking at record unemployment here in the state of Florida. Um, but Florida is reliant on the tourist industry. And, and, and until we um, see a decline in the numbers across the country, people aren't going to be coming and traveling. And, and we are going to be hit one of the worst because of, of our reliance on uh, the tourism industry. And, and agriculture um, is number two economic driver. And I can guarantee my people are all stepping up to the plate um, from the, the food, from everything from the harvesters, the workers, to the, the manufacturers and producers. Today's actually, uh, you know, what we're talking is, is actually Ag Day, not at National Ag Day. And I do believe that, that agriculture is stepping up to the plate, securing food supply sources, is making sure that everybody is being fed. And we are, we are doing our part in agriculture, um, but everybody needs to do their part in staying home and stop the spread of this virus. Thank you for joining us today, Commissioner. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Next up, your calendar of events. It begins at 8.30 in the morning. That's when the Florida Prepaid College Board will hold a webinar after a meeting of its investment committee. The Citizens Property Insurance Corporation Board of Governors will meet by conference call at 9. Among the scheduled topics are a quarter-million-dollar contract with Florida State University to conduct an exposure reduction study and a discussion about issues related to COVID-19. The State Reemployment Assistance Appeals Commission is scheduled to meet at 9.30. The State University Systems Board of Governors will meet after holding committee meetings through a conference call. The committee start at 10. The full board meets shortly after 11. The board could confirm the selection of Alexander Cartwright as the new president of the University of Central Florida. The UCF trustees selected Cartwright, who is the chancellor of the University of Missouri, but the hiring still needs to be approved by the Board of Governors. The Florida Board of Osteopathic Medicine is holding a conference call at 1 o'clock. And the South Florida Water Management District will hold an online meeting beginning at 6 p.m. to talk about a study and issues related to improving water quality in the Caloosahatchee Reservoir. And it's time once again for the new adventures of Florida Man, the all-female edition. A Florida woman has become an internet villain after buying every last package of toilet paper, paper towels, and napkins from a Dollar Tree in Pompano Beach. A video shows that unidentified woman loading dozens of boxes into a pickup truck, so many that the stack of boxes was taller than the cab of the truck. A bystander recorded the hoarder and narrated as the loading continued. Look at this wonderful woman who just told me to go F myself and mind my own effing business, who just bought the entire store of paper towels, toilet paper, so that nobody else can have any. It's really lovely. And I wish I had gotten her earlier when she was 
telling me to go F myself and mind my own effing business. I bet you she likes Donald Trump too. Donald Trump, go Donald Trump! I knew it! Honey, I knew it, thank you. I knew it! I had you pegged right away. I had you pegged. I'm pathetic? I did not buy the entire Dollar Tree out of paper towels, toilet paper, and napkins for myself. A spokesperson for Dollar Tree told New Times of Broward and Palm Beach that the company is aware of the incident and that it violated the chain's policy of limiting quantities on high-demand products during the pandemic. Finally, an inebriated Florida woman somehow survived after being hit by a slow-moving train when she fell asleep on the tracks in Lake Worth Beach. It was a slow-moving train, and the Palm Beach Post says she was injured, but the injuries are not life-threatening. That's it for this episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.